Hi there, friend and or family member. <laughs> uh, you're listening to a podcast created and hosted by your friend and or family member, Beth and or Evan. Yes, thank you for listening to our first episode of Selfie Valuation. A podcast on selfie, the favorite child of um, parent ABC, <laughs> the television station. This week, we're talking about the pilot episode of Selfie. Which, funnily enough, does feature at least one pilot. Probably somewhere behind the cockpit, in the cockpit. That's true. A pilot within a pilot. Very highbrow Selfie. This week, we're going to be covering the pilot episode of Selfie. It's episode one of the first season. This is just a recap. We're just going to be going through. We're just going to be talking about what happens and uh, providing our observations and it will be very fun. You will be very entertained and you are going to keep listening from this point onwards and never stop. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Selfie. Uh, buckle up. It's great. This is... <laughs> I'm wow. very tired and hot. <laughs> okay. You want me to... I can just say words and you can just splice <laughs> them together into a sentence. Yeah, okay. The and John Cho... <laughs> That's it. You can stop there. That's perfect. <laughs> hey, listen to me talk about selfie. Cancer by BC in 2014. Evaluating selfie. We're still hoping for season two. Okay, so the pilot. Pilot of selfie. So this has been described by multiple people as unwatchable and maybe the reason that the show got killed. But we are going to find some things in it that were positive. So I don't know if this, and this is like the first thing that you hear, if this contributes to that unwatchable aspect. But instead of the very quaint, lovely theme song that we did a riff on, the first thing that we hear opening up is like, um, selfie by the Chainsmokers? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's got kind of a weird start. So it also starts with a flashback to Eliza as a kid. And it's her signing her own yearbook to Eliza from Eliza. And then it like flashes forward to her as an adult. And she's talking about how she's transformed herself from being like a loner, sad child to being insta-famous. Which is definitely a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even even in 2014, it's weird to look back. One of the most fascinating things to me about watching this was it being a time capsule of sorts of like four years in the past. Yes. Yes. It was definitely like, oh, wow. Yeah, that was how 2014 was. That's true. So um, what is it? It's called Kinder Care Pharmaceuticals? Yes. They went so. on a business trip, but they mm -hmm. took literally everyone in the office. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what it seems like. So like the whole company is in the plane. And then she she says she's been upgraded to business class, I guess. I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah. So she like walks past all of her co-workers, including who we find out later is Henry Higgs. And he basically says, I think he says, is that one of ours? And then the guy was like, oh, yeah, that's Eliza Dooley. She's our top sales rep. We, we're skipping past a few things, I guess. Okay. We should probably say that Eliza Dooley is played by Karen Gillan. Yes. Okay. That is important. Yes. And this is also, this is just kind of a side note, but I feel like this was her first show post Doctor Who. Post Doctor so this Who. was kind of her introduction to American television. Very importantly, 
not only was this post Doctor Who, this was also post Guardians of the Galaxy, okay. in which he played uh, Nebula, the daughter of Thanos. Yes, I got it right that time. Okay. And <laughs> she inadvisably shaved her head for that role, which is... So she wearing, is she wearing a wig Why for she's this whole wearing show? a wig. What? I think For almost all of it, yeah, she's wearing I a wig. I didn't even know. Yep. Wow. And I caught myself looking for the seams, like <laughs> looking to check like, oh, can you tell? Yeah. And for the most part, I think they do a decent job. Huh. I mean, you've seen it oh. four times. I mean, I obviously did not know that it was a wig, so good for her. But I feel like this character, I'm not going to talk about Doctor Who too much because I know you don't like Doctor Who. I really Who. don't like Doctor Who. But this character is fairly similar to her character to on Amy Doctor Pond. Who. But less likable. We don't have to get into I'm it. I'm just a little surprised I knew the name Amy Pond to Yeah, actually, with. that's pretty good. Um, so Karen Gillan, just a very, she's tall. She's got to be like 5'10 or something, yeah. right? Redheaded, uh, conventionally attractive. Um, Henry Higgins? <laughs> no, it's Henry Higgs. Henry Higgins is the character from My Fair Lady. So Henry just Huggins is the character in Beverly Cleary's uh, children's book series. <laughs> he owned a dog named Ribsy. He was friends with Beezus. I am picking up all of these references because I'm a librarian. Also, I read a lot as a child. Okay, so yeah, so Henry Higgs. It's also Eliza Dooley, which is shortened from Eliza Doolittle, which is either clever or lazy, and I have not decided which. Uh, do you think that Dooley is a more, and I don't, I mean, like, realistic name than Doolittle? I mean, I know people whose last name is Doolittle. Do you really? Yeah. Do they speak to animals? <laughs> speak to animals? No. <laughs> Here's the thing, Beth. You can speak to... I speak to animals. Okay, maybe they speak to animals. Animals do not speak back in a way that they understand. That I know of. So Henry Higgins is played by John Cho. Henry Higgs. Higgins. Henry Higgins (laughs) is played by John Cho. Yes, Uh, yes. I think at this point, still largely known for being uh, Harold from Harold and Kumar. Was this after Star Trek also? Uh, 2014. Uh, I could fact check that. Yes, please do. Not that it's that important, but I feel like that would be what people would know him for, like, in that moment. Star Trek. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay, so at this point, in 2014, two of the new Star Trek movies had come out. Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness. Star Trek Into Darkness, very bad. (laughs) I just needed to put that out there. Is that the one where they, like, reverse time? Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is in that one. There's no time reversal. Okay. So you're right. You're right. He probably was known by more people as Sulu than yeah. as uh, than as Harold. Huh. That's interesting. So you said that Eliza is unlikable, or at least yeah, more of. unlikable than Amy Pond. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, so I want to go out and say, just so that I guess we're both sort of hitting these characters equally, I would say that Henry is immediately unlikable. Okay. Yeah. Because Eliza, you feel a little bit of sympathy for her because she's writing her own, she's signing her own yearbook. Okay, so that's you, true. You're sort of one over, you're just like, oh, she's an awful person because she had a bad childhood. Henry, the first thing you find out about him is that he hates social media. That's true, yeah. I think I read something about how, like, this generation has to, like, tweet everything. So I feel like that, like, immediately establishes him as being, like... This grumpy guy who judges everybody. Why does their generation feel compelled to tweet every item that goes into their mouths? Yes. And look, it. here's the thing for me. We are pausing a lot in the first like minute of the show. That's... <laughs> if Henry and Eliza are meant to be romantic love interests for one another, it's weird for one of them to say the other is in a different generation. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about My Fair Lady again, because that was like a big plot point of My Fair Lady is that like Henry Higgins is like 
confirmed bachelor, probably 15 years older than her, and like does not see her at all as an option because she's like too young. So I feel like that was on purpose that he's like, oh no, I'm like in a different generation. I don't love that. That's Okay, that's one of the things about My Fair Lady that makes it just like a little bit weird. I feel like they tried to make it less weird in Selfie, but like it's still kind of there. Sorry, you can just edit this. I'm going to get their exact ages at the time of filming. (laughs) Okay. Can I guess how old they were? You sure can. Okay, I'm going to guess Karen Gillan was like 26. John Cho, I would say, was probably 40. Oh my gosh, are you a witch? No, what? Uh, Karen Gillan was... 26 no way and john cho was 41 wow that like that was legitimate i did not check that ahead of time that's wow i mean mildly concerning uh i mean i'm impressed i'm usually really bad at guessing ages wow that is like a 15 year age difference they actually cast this show perfectly huh Huh. it's like a little weird because like i'm 27 you're telling me wait for i mean i guess for my sake and also for the sake of our listeners you're saying that you wouldn't date a 40-year-old man. No, no, I would not. <laughs> but why not? It's weird. I don't know. You just haven't met the right one yet. Mm, anyway, I don't know about this. <laughs> so, like, it's interesting to me that Henry doesn't immediately know who Eliza is. Yes. I guess I guess the idea is that they work in different departments. And so, like, they wouldn't really cross paths because she's in sales and he's in marketing. But yeah, it doesn't seem like it's like a huge company. And they're all, and she's they're pre- all in she's the pretty staff noticeable. Meetings, I think is the thing. Yeah, they all yes. go to the same staff meetings. Uh, Henry is next to, I guess his, I was going to say best friend. That seems too strong. He's, well, he's next only to in the first episode. An acquaintance uh, named Ethan. And Ethan sort of give, gives him the lowdown on Eliza. Eliza is like on Instagram. She takes like nearly naked selfies. And also she's sleeping with this guy in legal who is married and she does not know it yet because apparently she's so self-absorbed that she has not noticed this uh but she does notice yes um she sees uh she sees the tan line of his wedding ring yeah and that's when it hits home it's very uncomfortable for her and also for the audience yeah it's kind of a weird moment but it also i feel like sets up the fact that like She's self-absorbed, but she also still has a conscience. She's not just like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, because there's this whole thing, at least in this first episode, about, um, uh, like, sexual morals. Yeah. You know, I feel like they low-key slut-shame her a little bit in this episode. But she clearly does have, I think, like you said, like, morals. Like, she finds out that he's married, and she's, like, repulsed by the fact that she's been made inadvertently an adulteress. Yeah. I feel like that's an interesting point about Eliza's character. But then right after that is the moment that I think a lot of people stopped watching the pilot because she is, I guess, overcome with like remorse. And then she's on a plane also. So she just throws up like so much. It does not make sense how much she throws up. She throws up a lot. She throws up a lot. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're going to get at, later on in this episode, I'm going to discuss my own experiences with vomiting but she she really (laughs) unleashes to the point where she feels too bad yes yes i just like i i don't know if your stomach has that i i don't want to get too into this trust me like your stomach has that much capacity it sure does oh okay maybe i don't eat as much but that seemed like a lot to me well i mean i think it's really interesting that you're saying that this is the point where people stopped watching because it is very gross and it's also it was a big part of their marketing for this show yes yeah, yeah. It, it was just a happened. weird choice. Uh-huh. Yeah, so she throws up into two of those like airline baggies, 
And then the guy, I forget his name, is just like, uh, are you going to go to the bathroom or something like that? And she's like, oh, yeah. So she carries the bags with her to the bathroom and then they just explode on her. And then everyone's like laughing at her. I think that she should have left the vomit with him. (laughs) He's he's the adulterer, really. Like she's, you know, she didn't know. Leave the, like, don't take the vomit (laughs) with you. That can be for him to deal with. Uh, But also, yeah, they explode their bottoms. You can see them sort of like bursting at the seams. And she splatters herself with uh, her own with her own puke. She's in the bathroom. There's a very funny exchange between her and a stewardess named Carol June. Do you know who Carol June is and who like I couldn't nail down? Carol June is played by uh, Jillian Vigman, who was Kim Schmidt's boss on New Girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. No, I did not pick up on that at all. Um, there's a very, very funny exchange character. where Eliza's like, uh, can you get me? Oh, <laughs> let's, can we talk very briefly about her voice? Okay. You, you said what that she's her? on Doctor Who. Yeah. So Karen Gillan is uh, from across the pond. No pun intended. Uh, there's a pun intended. Uh, <laughs> she's from the UK. She's British. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No. She yeah. Irish or she Scottish is, or something? She is Scottish. Right. Yes. She's Scottish. It's very important to her character on Doctor Who that she is Scottish. Yes. So she is quite Scottish and she's putting on, I don't think I describe it as like a valley girl. I, I also don't want it's, to, but it's close. It's something. It seems false, but I don't know if that's her character or if that's just her not being great at American accents. It's like, um, has like kind of an affectation or something. It like, definitely something has to an it. affectation for sure. Do you want, can you, can you regale our listeners with what uh, Karen Gillan sounds like on the show. Um, I don't know if I can. You'd have to give me like a line that she says or something. Oh, uh, we'll get to that point. I have. I've written oh. a couple of her lines down. Um, <laughs> okay. But it is. It is very funny. She's just talking about like, please, can you can you get me a stewardess outfit? And then she's like running through all of the parts of the stewardess outfit that she would actually like to wear. She's like, yeah, like I could do the button up and uh, not not the tie, but yeah, the vest actually. I just thought it was great. The way she gets out of this sticky situation, gross, gross, I'm visualizing it. I don't like that. Um, Is she gets a bunch of airplane blankets and turns it into, I think she called it a a sarong. Yeah, she basically just wraps around herself, but in like a clever way. It looks not bad. It's supposed to look like a dress, but also you can kind of tell that it's blankets. I mean, you you can tell that it's blankets, but like as an item of clothing... It's maybe not the most fashion forward, but she also doesn't look like a homeless person using blankets to hide their nakedness. Yes, true. Speaking of her nakedness, and (laughs) um, there's, and I don't know what, you know, with a pilot, you want it to be very broad to hook as many audiences in as possible. You want to cast a wide net. And she asks the stewardess a question about like, what do you think I should do? And the stewardess looks her up and down. Yeah. And you get like a panning shot from like, I guess the top of her head down to, I guess, her knees. And it is extremely gratuitous. Yes. Yeah, I noticed that as well. I was just like, oh, okay. I feel like that, it's just sort of like, oh, we have Karen Gillan, so we're going to, like, show her off as much as possible. Like, it just felt like a creepy moment. I mean, it's not like a little bit of a callback, Star Trek Into Darkness levels of, like, look at this, because they turn it into a joke. Um, The stewardess is all like, oh. I was like, I wouldn't do anything. Keep doing what you're doing. Like, <laughs> what do you do, like Pilates or something? So it's like, I think they saved it. But it is yeah. like, it happens and you're like, oh, I think I see you're trying to pull a certain crowd into this show. Mm, 
Yeah. So anyway, so she gets off of, well, I guess she gets off. Oh, no, no. So she has to walk back through the plane. And her coworkers, the entire plane. Yeah, all of her coworkers. And then they do this little thing where like everyone's taking pictures of her. And then you see like the little things pop off the top showing like, is this Instagram or whatever? So it's like Instagram, Instagram Twitter, Facebook. Facebook, Vine, throwback, is popping up there. So like everyone is posting this, I guess. So I guess... Has the plane landed because... Because of the Wi-Fi they're thing? They're all on I, their my, phones. I, my thought was that all of these people just shelled out, I don't know, like 25 to $30 to get that airplane <laughs> Wi-Fi. They're not like... I think they're all balling out because it's like a company. That's, that was a thing in 2014, for sure? Uh, I think so. I think so. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I wrote here in all caps, like, her coworkers are terrible. Her coworkers yeah. are like awful people. But then I thought... Maybe this is a good way of reflecting on her character in the past. She's so disliked that the smallest event, I mean, I guess this is a pretty large event, would just trigger everyone sort of reveling in her uh, discomfort and shame. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like it was kind of accomplishing both. Like, first, like, these people are kind of terrible, but also, like, I feel like she has probably done similar things to them in the past is what they're sort of setting up. Oh. Like, that... She's not above that kind of thing. It's so funny. She is, I think she's described as very self-absorbed, but not malicious. Yes. I don't think Eliza is a cruel character. That's true. But I feel like she also doesn't have a lot of empathy for other people. So like to her, it would just be like, oh, this is going to get me a lot of likes. She wouldn't actually uh, think about them at all. Not directly related. In the world of 101 Dalmatians. Okay. (laughs) um, Was Cruella named by her parents? Was she named Cruella? Yeah, because Cruella is just the word cruel with an A on the end of it. I think in French it means cruel one. In which case, (laughs) was it like a moniker that she gave herself? It just, I feel like you're a bad parent if you name your child Cruella. Uh, I do not know. Maybe her parents were also awful and that is why she is the way she is. A little bit of a hot take before we return to Selfie. I think (laughs) Cruella DeVille is one of the best villain names in existence it is it's very good it's very descriptive but it also works as like a fancy name so back to selfie uh she's shamed she walks down the aisle she returns home to her apartment uh in the elevator and very much i i want to call her a product of her time except i feel like people like her still exist uh is one of her um uh building mates it's, I was trying to say roommate. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> What's a word for someone who lives nearby, but not in the same home as you? Uh, yes. Neighbor. She describes her as her hipster neighbor, Bryn. And then she does like, a, there's like a little montage about Bryn. It's very cute. Um, yeah. it's, it's sort of like, it gives you snapshots of Bryn's life, but all through Instagram shots. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like Peter Pan callers was one thing. I think succulents maybe now yeah. would, be ha- would be one of them. It's not yeah, then. Yeah. A little bit of a throwback, I because I, I wanted to talk about this. For someone who is so disdainful of social media, Henry knows all the hashtags. That's true. But Hen- I guess that's maybe him being in marketing. Oh, Beth, you're <laughs> you're too on top of this. You're uh, yeah. That's got to be it. What do you think about Bryn? Do you feel... I was going to say, do you feel attacked? That feels mean of me to say. <laughs> I was going to say that like this whole like her being a hipster was like, oh... Yeah, okay, that was probably me in 2014. But, like, less intense, but yeah. Uh, I think I think that Bryn has a kind heart, so, uh, oh, thank you, you know, <laughs> props to you. 
we've sort of witnessed a lot. This is sort of like Eliza's descent. She, I guess she was sort of at a high point. She had this gross vomit slash blanket dress incident. And then she hits rock bottom when she is in her apartment. She's in her tub. She's texting and messaging people and no one will help her out or even ask how she's doing. Yes, yes. So then we get like a little voiceover narration from her saying basically like this is the moment when I realized I don't have any real friends. She's in the bathtub and she's uh, she's just like throwing back Canada dries. Yeah. Uh, and like so many, you see the floor of the bathroom. There's so many cans of Canada dry. <laughs> I had no option but to assume that the entire bathroom was her own urine or her bathtub. <laughs> And I'm sorry, that's really gross. I feel disgusted <laughs> okay. for saying it. But it's so much liquid that she had, like, presumably ingested. Well, she apparently has, like, a lot of capacity in her stomach based on what happened earlier. Beth, that's a normal... <laughs> I feel like a normal person after a hefty meal could vomit that much. Mm, okay, I don't know. Anyway, we don't have to keep talking about the vomit. I'm trying to move past that. Okay, so then... Oh, here, this is this is the quote she says. She says... You're going to do the voice. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I could do it. She's like, when Sue is the only person who's there for you, it kind of makes you realize being friended is not the same as having friends. It's pretty good. That's it's, pretty it's good. It's not great. I'll have to work on that for future episodes. But yeah, so she has this moment of like revelation. Uh, we are back in the office, Kinder Care Pharmaceuticals. Henry's in an elevator with Ethan. Henry says an- another thing that just makes him very unlikable, just in response to the assertion that he has no personal connections, uh, it's easy not to have personal connections in a city that only values wireless connection. Super lame, also. It's a really lame thing to say. Yeah. Um, but to his point, everyone in the elevator is has their phones in the air trying to get service. I guess not knowing that most elevators are Faraday cages. Um, huh. so... Yeah. Okay, so then they're in a meeting after this. Well, um, there's... Oh. a. The reception. We we meet, I guess, our, one of our first cast, like, official cast members, okay, I okay. think, for the first yeah, time. Um, Charmonique. Uh, Charmonique is the receptionist. Uh, Eliza comes over. Charmonique is a middle-aged black woman. Um, this is going to be, be me attempting Eliza's voice, but I have a cold. <laughs> okay, okay. Charmonique says, good morning. Eliza says, uh, BFBS got played like Flappy Bird, Mortified.com, then hurled, overslept, OD'd on the bean, contracted legit hamster breath, and then she does, like, this gross smacking thing. And I think I know what she said. It's, like, she says everything. She speaks in a way that nobody was speaking in 2014, which I think is to the show's discredit. Yes. I feel like they try to make the jump that, like, the way you talk online is the way you talk in real life. BFBS would be, like, boyfriend, uh, BS. I don't curse on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, She got played, like, Flappy Bird which was a very popular mobile game, that dude, the guy who invented Flappy Bird, was literally pulling in hundreds and thousands of dollars a day from ads. That's how popular his game was. And he took it off the app store. I, yes, I remember that. Because he was like, I don't want people to be addicted to this. Uh, mortified.com, which I think speaks for itself. Um, she hurled, makes sense. She OD'd on the bean, which I took to mean that she drank too much coffee and then okay. that's why she contracted legit hamster breath she drank too much coffee and now her breath is gross okay well yes that was a good breakdown <laughs> uh it was just a lot because i wrote it i had yeah. to transcribe it and yeah. then i was like yeah. this is nonsense these are nonsense words so then there's a staff meeting yes. we find out from the boss sam saperstein who's uh he's the boss he's black um 
he's just i guess an ceo type yeah he says that they were in a crisis their best-selling pharmaceutical nasal sprays were allegedly (laughs) causing satanic hallucinations yeah i read that (laughs) so he's yeah so he says that company took a major hit and then it was like and basically says it was single-handedly saved by henry hay i will say that brian husky is the one who is like allegedly they were allegedly (laughs) satanic hallucinations satanic hallucinations troublingly specific yes (laughs) yeah that was i feel like that for me was like a little glimpse into like what the humor was going to become for this show was just like very funny so like dry like no yeah satanic hallucinations and then they like move on henry comes up and eliza realizes that if he can rebrand wait okay so we're skipping over oh when when so when henry comes up this is just funny because i did not notice this before so henry comes up and he like grabs his face and just like kisses him. Full on the full yeah, on the full mouth. on. And then he says, "I read an article that Asian men are comfortable kissing on the mouth as a sign of friendship." So then uh, Henry says, "They're, they're not. not." And then he says, "I'll forward it to you." <laughs> I totally missed that the first times I watched that. It was just like kind of slipped in there. I feel it's like also that like, also is like him as a Sam character. is just being like. Henry, come up, come on, don't worry about it. I'm not going to make out with you. I'm not going to make out with you. And then he's like, yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I just had to get that in there because there's like a callback to it later that I want to talk about. So, it's, anyway. Oh, the, okay, great. I'm also very much looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, Eliza comes to the realization that if Henry can rebrand horrific hallucinatory um, drug, then he can help her. And then it cuts to her just being in his office, right? Yeah, she she's in his office. She's like, what are you doing in my office? Yeah. Um, they're having a conversation. She's saying, help me. Ethan is also there. I didn't even notice. And Ethan cannot read the room. <laughs> they're having a conversation, and he's sitting there on the couch like, yeah, well, I mean, like, this is fine. He serves the purpose of, um, Eliza says that when she was younger, she used to be butt. And um, Henry looks over to Ethan, and Ethan explains that that means butt ugly. So he's a little bit of a translator for him. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, so she gives him this, like, impassioned plea for help, saying, like, I need you to rebrand me. This is another part that I wrote down because I thought it was funny. She's like, I'm not trying to tug at your heartstrings or whatever, but I just threw up really hard. And then she talks about how that, like, led to her having this, like, revelation. Eliza talks about how she threw up. Have, have you ever thrown up so hard that your abs hurt? And I felt like she was speaking to me. Yeah. Because I, I have. have. And it's just like, it's incredible. You feel like you've been doing crunches all day. You feel yes. like you've put in time at the gym. Okay. Yeah. So she so she talks about this. She like brings up, you know, this terrible thing about how she threw up really hard. And I, need, then... I need to change my image. Yeah. Do you mean be a better person? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Okay, so then she tells him, like, I know you don't like me. If you don't like me, just change me. And so this is when he's kind of like, the wheels start turning a little bit. He repeats the words back to her. He's like, I don't like you, but I can change you. Yeah. So this is this is him, like, I feel like he's, this is the moment where he's like, oh, like, I need a challenge in my life. And this would be a challenge. So back to my fair lady again. There's, like, a whole song and dance about how, like this would be an amazing challenge for him. So in in My Fair Lady, he's like a linguistics professor and he feels like he's like done it all. Like he's just like top of his game. And he's like, this, this would be like 
the best thing ever if I could take this girl like from the gutters and like transform her so in that one he's like showing off for people like I'm gonna do this so I feel like this is this is Henry Higgs moment where he's just like yes like this would be an amazing challenge do you think that it's better that in selfie he's doing it for himself as opposed to his peers maybe a little bit that it's just sort of like it's almost like it's just a professional interest I'm this expert marketer. Nothing can stop me. Not even this girl. Yeah, not so. even this living, breathing human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the scene wraps up with the callback. Oh, yeah. Which I know we both want to get to. Yes. <laughs> so they're they're talking, and then Joan, who is uh, Sam, I think Linda. Oh, Linda. Linda comes in to drop off an article for Henry. Did you read what it says? Okay. Here's the thing. In any other show. Literally, in like pretty much any other show, when someone is reading an article online, when there's a newspaper, they do this in cartoons, they do this in live action, it's just lorem ipsum. Yeah. It's just like placeholder text, um, and it's typically not very funny. Someone took the time to write an article about how to professionally greet Korean businessmen. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you write? I, I transcribed some of it, but not all of it. Okay, what do you have? Uh, one of these lectures given by Dr. Lee stressed the importance of greeting Korean men with a gesture that makes most men very uncomfortable, colon, kissing mouth to mouth. <laughs> and there's also this amazing line, get ready to pucker or suffer the consequences. <laughs> I didn't get that part. I got the beginning part. It's Okay, so the title is Kissing Koreans, Green Light, by Matt Smith, who was the doctor, doctor on Doctor Who with Karen Gillan anyway. And then the first line is, when in doubt, kiss the mouth. <laughs> it was very funny. And I just love this whole idea that he like printed off the article to show it to him, to like show how culturally responsive he's being, even though he like directly said, like, I do not want you to do that. <laughs> I feel like that really establishes Sam Stafferstein's character. He's very funny. Really well. I really like, like him. right away. I feel like he was the strongest character right away that you're just like, I get this character. Like he's crazy, but like I understand what's going to happen with him. After the commercial break, Eliza and Henry return to Kindercare Pharmaceuticals, and they're discussing their arrangement. And Henry is telling Eliza, I need your implicit trust. That means you'll do anything and everything I say, even if it seems unorthodox. And let me tell you, it seems very Fifty Shades of Grey to me. Like, what's her name? Anastasia Steve? I don't know. <laughs> You've, we've all seen Fifty Shades of Grey. I have not. I'm just kidding. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I just need to be very clear. Um, but that's just like, that was the, that's the vibe. And then they play it off. Eliza makes a joke. But yeah. honestly, it's pretty like, you have to do anything I say seems dicey yeah. to me. Yeah. So then she makes a joke and he's like, okay, we need to be very clear. My interest in you is only professional. It's not romantic. And you mustn't she's like, misinterpret oh, yeah. <laughs> my professional interest as romantic interest. So then she's like, great, we're just friends. And he's like, no. We're not friends. What I like about little lines like that is they make me think of one of my favorite movies, Mandy Moore vehicle, A Walk to Remember, <laughs> in which she tells um, she tells the guy that she's with, you just need to promise me one thing, you won't fall in love with me. Yeah. I like it when people say up front that they're not and will never be romantically interested and they set the precedent so that later on that precedent can be broken. I'm very into that. Yeah, it's very Pride and Prejudice also. So that was like a good moment because it was just like, okay, now we know where they stand. So then anything that happens from here is like a new development. Because like you kind of know going into this kind of show, like they're obviously 
going to be connected in some way. And if you don't know, you hope hope (laughs) that they will. Exactly. Yeah. So then we start going into his lessons for her. Uh, The first lesson is Charmonique. Charmonique always says good morning. Eliza just issues a bout of verbal diarrhea and then walks away, which is (laughs) a little rude. Eliza does not even know Charmonique's name. Uh, Charmonique, pretty pretty cool lady, tries to help her out. She's just like, Charmonique, you know, she's (laughs) under her breath. Yeah, because Henry is like testing her. He's like, what is her name? And obviously Eliza can't figure it out. So she's trying to kind of give it to her. And I will say Eliza is like, okay, well, in my defense, that's not a real name. She's yeah. a little racist? Yeah, I, I wrote that down too. I was just like, oh, that went from being like oblivious to just being like kind of terrible. Yeah, extremely. Charmonique's not even the weirdest name I've ever heard. So it's, yeah, it's far <laughs> not, definitely not the weirdest name I've heard. There's a funny, like this, there's only one uh, callback later on, but I find it very funny that Henry's like, ask her how she is. Say, how are you? And um, Eliza's like, <laughs> How are you? Yeah. How are you? <laughs> that was very my fair lady also. Like the just like trying to learn how to say something and just saying it worse and worse the more you try. Uh, and Charmonique's response made me realize that you do not need to move your lips to say good. Okay, I did not look that closely. So she says good, but her mouth doesn't move? Yes. Good. 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 Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's why I was like, yeah. did they dub this weirdly? And I was like, no, you can actually just say that word without moving your mouth. Yeah, like if you're smiling already. It has to if be. If you're not yeah. smiling, then you can't do it. You can you can frown and say good. <laughs> okay, I actually like, don't know how to frown, so you d- <laughs> I don't I don't know how to frown. You look like, like a sad clown. You look like one of those <laughs> paintings where the they're like exaggeratedly <laughs> no, You know what? Do. Not knowing no. how to frown anyway. is not the worst thing in the world. That's true, that's true. Anyway, so she says good. And then Henry like prompts her to ask a follow up question, right? Yeah. Like uh like how have you been sleeping? Apparently Charmonique she sleeps in the same bed as her nine-year-old son who has sleep apnea. Also, okay, this is just an aside. Is that a normal thing to ask people when you're like making conversation? Just like, how have you been sleeping? I think you can, I think it's often a topic of discussion that people are open about because I I think most people don't sleep well and people Mm. are eager to unburden themselves of the things that are not going well in their life. Okay. I sleep very well, so I guess it doesn't come up. Huh. Okay. So he says, how are you sleeping? How have you been sleeping? What? It sounds creepy when I said it like that. Uh, I think he says it in a way that is (laughs) casual and conversational. (laughs) How have you been sleeping? Okay, so then she says, not well because of the sun, sleep apnea. And then when Henry prompts her to say something sympathetic in return, she says something like, I am really glad I don't have any children. So she fails the first lesson, basically. She does. Um, (laughs) They're drinking tea together. Henry's like, what's your favorite sound? Uh, The sound of gentle rain against windows. Or medium rain against rooftop with gentle overspill from gutters. Uh, (laughs) Henry's at first is all like, wow, that's very... What's the word I'm looking for? Not deep, but... um, Yeah, he's impressed by it. He's like, oh, that's like a thoughtful answer. And then she reveals that she has a rain sound app. Yeah. And, and then, then he... <laughs> Henry's like, that's ridiculous. Delete it. Which is just like, again, that makes me not like Henry. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's you just can ha- you can have a rain sounds app. Yeah. It's not always raining. Yeah, exactly. And then she says, it's fine. It's free. <laughs> we neglected to bring this up earlier, but Sam Saperstein has invited 
Henry to his daughter's wedding, and he really wants Henry to bring a date. He thinks that Henry being single all the time is weird. How do you feel about this? Do I think it's weird that he's single all the time? I don't think that's that weird, personally. I just thought about you. I feel like you wrote, <laughs> you might have, one of us, one of the two of us might have written an article about it. I just, that's why yeah. I bring it up. Yeah. Okay. Well, I do, I feel like being judgy about someone else being signal, sig, single, single, that that's weirder to me. If your boss is being that intrusive, that like you have to have a date. To be fair, his boss also kissed him on the mouth. So. <laughs> that is an excellent. Where where point. are the boundaries? Yeah, yeah. So I guess maybe that speaks more to his character. I will say that I think Henry has a lot of hubris, or maybe thinks too highly of his、uh, his abilities, because after not even a full day of training Eliza, he thinks, "Oh, I'll ask her to be my date." To this wedding, and people、yeah. will be impressed. And it's like Henry, you've barely done anything. Yeah. Or he's just thinking like, well, she is attractive, and people will be impressed, you know. And so maybe I can just get her to just like not do anything. But attractive、just、under sort of、like、certain standards, because、yes. he has this wonderful. I assume that this may have been cribbed from My Fair Lady, but I couldn't、uh, fact check that. He has a little. A poem that he recites to explain how she should present herself. Yeah, I don't think it's like word for word from My Fair Lady, but it's very similar. It's from it's like, like My、style. Fair Lady. He'll like take her to a party and he'll like buy all the clothes for her and stuff like that. Because he's like, uh, uh, makeup should be light. Your dress less tight. Hair should be tame. Your face softly framed. No six inch heels. No cleavage revealed. Nothing coarse. Nothing sleazy. And bring a wrap in case it's breezy. Okay, so I was just thinking, had he already written that? Like is this just like in his dream journal or something? He, he pauses as if he's putting it all together. Okay. Okay. Yes. All right. Because <laughs> I was just like, wait, did he just like recite a list of like his dream girl? That no, I think、written? I think that Henry's think got bars. Like, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. That makes me feel like less weird about it then. What is Eliza's、um, solution? To the issue that presents itself. Okay, so she goes through this little voiceover about how her credit cards are maxed out and nothing that she owns would be appropriate. So then she sees her hipster neighbor Bryn in the elevator. I forget how does she like ask her to help her. If you help me, I'll stop telling like the super <laughs> and complaining about your book club. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So then Bryn kind of pauses because she does not really like her, and then she says. You are lucky. Makeovers are my everything. Beth, you missed a very like the keyest part of that line. Okay, go. You're lucky. Make unders are my oh, everything. Oh, make unders. I'm sorry. Yes, I messed that up. So then, okay. So then, this scene where her, like Brynn and all of her friends come over and help Eliza, I felt like was like every hipster stereotype that was like floating around in the world. They like put into that one scene. There is a ukulele, and、it's、my ukulele. favorite part is they start singing acapella,、yeah. and I really like it. This is, I mean, there are a lot of little quirks I have, but one thing I really like is when people are singing acapella. And one person is a little bit uncomfortable, but still chimes in.、Uh, that really does it for me. Okay. <laughs> so they sing a cappella, bad romance, while they're like doing this make under.、Uh, there's a ukulele. Did, With、oh, a ukulele. I, I, oh, yeah, so th- it's not a cappella. It's not a cappella. So oh it's, yeah, it's to a ukulele. And、uh, all of her friends are like,、um, if you're familiar with like. The website Modcloth. It's like women's clothes, but like 
their whole tagline is that everything is quirky. So That's like, the it's tagline like, for well, this. I don't know if it's like the official tagline, but it's basically it. So it's like all quirky stuff. So Very like, self-aware. if I wanted, if I wanted to get like a dress that just had polka dots, but the polka dots were cats. That's where I would go. So like everyone in this book club with Bryn is like dressed like that. Do you mean like to that. tell me that you don't own a dress that has <laughs> cats for polka dots? Not yet. I don't. No. I am trying to eventually transition my wardrobe to be more Ms. Frizzle because I feel like that captures the vibe that I'm going for like when I'm teaching. So anyway, so if I was going to pursue that goal, I would go to mod class. All of this is just to say everyone of Bryn's friends is like very stereotypically quirky. Which makes them like almost not interesting because they're all quirky, you know. Yeah, when everyone is interesting, no one will be. I think, yes. as uh, as Syndrome said yeah. <laughs> in The Incredibles, that's kind of what's happening. But anyway, but there's like this kind of sweet moment where Eliza's like, "Oh, is this what it would be like to have friends, like real friends?" Because they're all kind of like taking it's care of her. It's sweet. It's also really sad. It is. It that is. shouldn't be something that anyone ever has to muse to themselves about. Yeah. But I feel like it's like it's important to her character because she like kind of has this glimpse of like what friendship would look like. How do you feel about a peach, almost flesh-toned dress with red hair? I felt like she pulled it off. It looks really good. Yeah. But in retrospect, I'm just like, most people would not have gone with that color combo. I w- yeah, I probably would have gone for like a jewel tone of some sort. But I do not have red hair, so I don't know. Her hair is also... Um, I don't know. You know more about hair than I do. I I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's it's kind of like an updo, but it's not like overly fancy. I wrote in my notes that Henry opens or Henry knocks, the doors open, and I wrote that Henry is shook. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's a good way of describing it. Yeah, he like he like needs a moment to like process. He's at a loss for words. Yeah, yeah. So then he kind of covers this by saying like, "Oh, you look great, but." less fragrance next time or something like that he can't just say nice things so they go to the wedding together and um before they leave for the wedding he tells her to leave her phone at home yeah this day is about people other than yourself you want to focus and give all of your attention to the bride and the groom it's their day oh and then he says like you want to focus on a beauty that is not your own or something like that and she's like well you called me beautiful and he's like well no i didn't you know so they have like a little back and forth it's cute and then, I, I yeah, like that. It, was, it was pretty cute anyway so they go to the wedding um there's just one scene in which henry and eliza they bump to sam saperstein and ethan and eliza's like how are you <laughs> yeah yeah that's pretty good and they both respond good and i you know what i really like that because i think it points to the idea that in spite of the fact that henry sort of represents like good courteous behavior in society that people are maybe not used to that he's he's kind of presented as being like old-fashioned like he's like Uh going to like an old sort of civility and stuff like that but like maybe he doesn't actually interact normally with other people either i I, it just seems like a nice commentary to me that like maybe they're both a little off yeah so we kind of see a little bit of that so then they're at the wedding and the bride and groom are like reciting their vows to each other this is noticeable to me i'm sure to much of middle america sam saperstein's wife is white um so their uh their daughter is biracial and their daughter is marrying a white man, which also makes that an interracial relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's just like very, it's it's interesting. There's a lot in this, just in this first episode. And I thought that was cool. Um, it is a, a sappy love poem. In lieu of vows is being read by 
um, the daughter to her, her husband to be Terrence. And Eliza muses internally, it's entirely possible that no one will ever look at me the way Ter- Terrence looked at her. And then yeah. there's a flashback to her at a school dance, sitting alone on the bleachers as Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls plays. <laughs> I didn't catch that part. Yeah. But yeah, so we get a flashback and then she says, basically, I do what I always do in that situation. And then you see young Eliza pick up her like, I don't know how you would describe that kind of phone. Tamagotchi. It's like a, oh, it's, <laughs> oh, it's um, it's a Nokia brick. Okay. Yeah, I used okay. to have one. I used to play yeah. Snake a lot as well. She's playing Snake. All right. We won't, we won't dig into your chat. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she, in her flashback, picks up her phone. Flash forward. She picks up her phone during the wedding and starts playing, I don't know, some kind of game. And it's not muted. It's very loud, actually. Yeah. (laughs) So, of course, like, it interrupts the whole wedding, and Henry's, like, super mad at her because she, like, got her phone out in the middle of a wedding. There's a really great shot. It's very short, where she is, like, ashamed, and he's, like, exasperated. And it's, like, two seconds of just, like, their reactions. And then it's, like, the happy couple outside with people throwing rice. I I don't know. Rice, yeah, that's that's what people do. Yeah, so then we kind of go back into the church, and they're, like, just sitting there alone talking about it. Eliza says she agrees with Henry's (laughs) ex-girlfriend, who said that the reason for them breaking up was because he was a, and I quote, an unfun man. Yeah, so, yeah, she says you're an unfun man. And then she says, according to your ex-girlfriend's blog. So then he's like, you Googled me? So they have this like full out fight about this. They're having this full on fight in a church. Yes. (laughs) I don't think you noticed this, but I did. Hilariously, there's a priest sitting in the front. I did not notice that. He's witness to this entire thing. I thought that maybe he was going to get a line, but he doesn't. He's just there. He's just there. He also, like Ethan, cannot read the room. (laughs) You need to leave. This is like very exciting stuff, though. It's true. I would have stuck around. Yeah, me too, probably. Okay, so they're fighting. And then, yeah, I didn't write down the fact. Basically says, like, you're hopeless. Eliza really unleashes on Henry. You're a holier-than-thou, antisocial, judgmental, hypercritical, workaholic coxcomb. (laughs) Yeah. And his clapback is like pretty harsh. He's like, well, you're a lost cause. That's it. Yeah. And then she says, super mean. And then she leaves. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I feel like this, that whole scene was like very interesting. Like it, for them to like get to that point of like that kind of fight when they really just met each other. I feel like it was very interesting. I th- do, do you, when you say interesting, do you think that maybe not realistic? Well, I don't know. I don't know if it was not realistic, but I feel like it, it says a lot about their characters, like that they can get to this point that quickly. Yeah. But maybe I mean, it was like kind of a combination of everything. Like emotions were running high because of like the whole situation. I don't and know. Henry had like a lot riding on this. I yeah. mean, she made him look bad in front of like, I guess the CEO of the company and everyone. That was just interesting. So then it goes back to work after this? It's the end of the workday, I guess. Just in the the future at some point. Yeah. I guess this wedding was on the weekend. So this is, I guess, like Monday at Mm -hmm. five. Yeah. So Eliza's walking through like the break room and she sees this little boy and she just goes, are you Charmonique's kid? And... He's like, yeah. And and so she says, uh, are you going to let her get any sleep tonight? But then Charmonique comes in and she's basically like, oh, were you showing interest in another person's life? And she's like, oh, I guess so. And she says, well, I don't know what you've been doing with Mr. Man, but it's working. It's working. And then she like has this 
moment. She's becoming a better person. Yeah. So then she goes to Henry's house, which how did she know where Henry lived? I assume that there's a company directory. It's yeah, I guess. You know what? I I was gonna say it seems a little much to have everyone's home addresses, but when I worked at um, Penguin, you could actually get everyone's address, like all of the employees, if you work there you had access to all, to all the addresses. I guess for for mailing? Yeah, okay. But like, why would she as a salesperson? Okay, so you're just saying there's just company director. I mean, I had access as an intern, so. Huh. That was just like a thing that I noticed. Like, it, it's not impossible, but I was just like, wait, she knows where he lives? So she shows up at his house at the back door? Uh, it's, it's confusing it, how his house works. It's a really uh, modern architecturally. Yeah. Um, It's a lot of... It's like open concept and it's a lot of big plate glass windows. Yeah. Two things I find very, very funny that really tickled me is Henry seeing her and then walking around <laughs> like he doesn't see her. That's great. Yeah. Also really great is her pawing at the glass like she's a cat. <laughs> she kind of like scrabbles at the glass with her fingers. Yeah. And then she's like, I know you can see me. You live in a glass house. So then, yeah. So then he comes out i think or no she just sits down uh he opens the door okay, yeah. and then he's like this is the door i use to leave my house and i'm leaving my house and then he walks <laughs> off as if to walk off into the distance and he leaves his house door open <laughs> so i don't know what henry's game plan was yeah i feel like it's just like faking her out like i'll do this with like if a kid doesn't want to like leave a place i'll just be like well i'm gonna leave and then i just assume they're gonna follow me huh Okay. Just to clarify, I don't have kids. I worked in elementary school. I just feel like I should say that. But anyway, yeah. So he's got, I think that's probably his game plan is like, well, she's not going to go in my house. She apologizes first. I didn't write this down exactly. I wrote down some of it. I think she just starts telling him like all the sad stuff about her, about like how she does uh, not have real friends. And yeah, and she's like, I t- called you a coxcomb, yeah. even though that's probably not correct. And he's like, actually... I looked it up and it's archaic, but it's not inaccurate. Yeah, yeah. I just wrote in my notes, super cute moment. Because I feel like like when they're both just sitting out there, that was like a very cute moment. Also, okay, I didn't mention this before. The soundtrack during this moment is like a slowed down version of You're the One That I Want from Greece. Did you notice no. that? No, I definitely did not. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I got to rewatch that. Yeah, I was just like, what? Yeah, yeah. Just like the first part of it. So that is... That is a very, very cute moment. Yeah. I agree. There's a little exchange, and I apologize if I'm scooting ahead a little too much, but I wanted to hit this. It starts to rain. Henry's like, oh, it's... it's um, Medium rain on, rain medium on a rain, tin roof. M- medium rain on a roof. Gentle overspill yeah. from gutters. It's your favorite. Um, and so they're just both enjoying it. She takes out her phone and pulls it out like she's going to take a selfie of the two of mm-hmm. them. And he's like, no, Eliza, don't. Don't when you're getting it. And then there's a brief the briefest of moments where he pauses and the two of them are looking at one another mm-hmm. with like about a foot of space in between the two of them. Yeah. And the chemistry is like palpable. Yes. It's yes. so strong. Yeah. I wrote, um, I wrote in my notes, ow, ow. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> and then he's like, but you are in fact missing it. Yeah. Kind of like when you're capturing something, you're not like in the moment. Yeah, he says, when you, th- you think that you're getting it, but you are in fact missing it. I'm just like, pretty good line it's so brief i think is the thing yeah i think that kind of thing would have gotten more people on board with the show and i don't Mm -hmm. want to lambast america or anything (laughs) but i think maybe it happened too fast i think it was too understated but to me it 
I don't know. I thought it was, I, I was really impressed by it. I thought it was very good. Yeah. I feel like that's the moment where you're like, okay, I'm going to come back for the next episode. I feel like all of this stuff with like all the gimmicky stuff where it's like, oh yeah, viral video. I'm talking about like millennials, hipsters. hipsters. Okay. Yeah. Instagram. But like that moment is when you're like, oh, I'm going to come back because I want to find out what is going on here. And I feel like if they had played that up more, maybe it would have been more successful. Because I feel like the advertising around it was just like, ha selfies, ah, millennials. Like, I mean, almost like they were like talking to people who they didn't understand. I think it's kind of like an example of a show that had questionable marketing, but like ultimately made it to five seasons would be New Girl. Yeah. Season one of New Girl was just like, what an adorable sitcom. Yes. And that was like all of their marketing material. Yes. Yeah, and it was all about like, yeah, yeah, just like, ah, quirky, crazy situations. But like you stay because of the characters. Strong cast. I mean, that cast really grows like comedically Yes. as the seasons progress. Yeah. Um, but sorry, not a new girl podcast. <laughs> uh, she pushes him into the rain. He trips and falls. He's like, okay, next lesson, uh, compassion. Don't laugh at people when they're hurt. <laughs> Uh, it's so it's no longer very steamy. It's more just like, oh, we're fun. We're friends now. Which they've already broken their rule because they said we're not going to be friends. Let's do let's do final impressions. Okay. Final impressions of this episode for me. I I can see why some people were not captured by it. I think especially if they checked out after the first half of it. Because I feel like really in the second half is when you really get to see the characters and the potential for growth. I think um, you get more invested in them as it goes. I think also seeing like those humanizing aspects of Henry and Eliza is what makes this a good pilot in the sense of it sets up an arc for the show. But I do feel like some of the mentions of specific social medias and things like that did distract from it a little bit for me. Overall, I feel like it was a semi-successful pilot. What were your thoughts? I agree with you in that anything that immediately dates a show Mm -hmm. to the point where you're watching it like we are four (laughs) years later and we're just like, oh, okay, yeah, hipsters, uh, social media, that can't be good. Mm -hmm. You can't be so specifically of your time and anything like that will ultimately like detract, I think, Mm -hmm. from your show in the long run. But I think the characters are strong. I think that like the cast... Even the little glimpses that we get just in this first episode are really working. Mm -hmm. Um, And Karen Gillan has a tough road ahead of her being the anchor. Mm -hmm. And I think she does a commendable job. Mm -hmm. A lot of people weren't thrilled with her accent. But, I mean, I watched this twice before recording. And it's not that bad. Well, you have made it to the end of the first official episode of Self-Evaluation. Thanks for sticking with us this long. We're just going to tell you a little bit about how you can keep in touch with us, give us your praises, send your concerns and or criticisms directly to Evan because I don't want to hear them. Uh, Yeah, you're probably dying. You're dying to just lavish us with, I think, as you said, (laughs) praises. Um, And you can do that in a couple of different places. One of the first is Twitter. Okay, so if you are on Twitter, you can follow us at SelfieVailPod. So at S-E-L-F-I-E-V-A-L-P-O-D. And you will see basically... Whenever we have a new episode or if you want to give us any feedback about this episode, only if it is positive. Yeah, tweet at us. Again, feel free to tweet us anything positive or negative. I will relay the positive (laughs) feedback to Beth. 
and only the positive <laughs> feedback. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I need that. <laughs> um, you can also go to Tumblr, Selfie Valuation, just the name of our podcast, just selfievaluation.tumblr.com, which I will be putting together at a point in the very, very, very near future. <laughs> Okay, and if you have a lot to say about this episode, you can also email us, selfievaluationpodcast at gmail.com. And that's it. If you come back next week, we will be talking about selfie again. (laughs) Yeah, so next week we will be diving even deeper into this episode with a little bit of our commentary about this. So yeah, look forward to speaking at you again then. Thank you for listening. Oh, should we have done that at the same time? Uh, We can. We can. Okay. You, you want to count down to it? Okay. Three, two, one. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening. listening. Not even close. <laughs> you, okay. <laughs>